Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, I am honored and humbled and extremely excited to introduce our next guest who has been personally a very transformational force in my life a Reiki master certified in NLP and hypnosis with 12 years of practice working with sound healing and craniosacral, the director of vibrational healing at The Well, a yoga and meditation teacher, a healer, a guide, an author of two books, a little bit of Reiki and rest rituals, and the founder of Modern Ritual NYC, Valerie Ola. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Welcome. She has Real, I mean, I've obviously experienced it firsthand. I think I've been seeing you for over six years now, which so is crazy. crazy. I can't even. She has like created her own modality based on all of these practices together and in general is just so filled with wisdom and has seen me through so many ups and downs. And I've been so lucky to have you in my life. And we are so honored to have you. And we will get into this with you. But something to know is that Valerie, previous to being all of these things, was actually a casting director and photo producer and New York City party girl. That was a past life, yes. <laughs> that was Love many, it. many, many ago. I feel like it's ago. an initiation phase when you move to New that York where true. it's like that like party side. You know, it's one of those things that Every time people hear about it, they're like, what, Val? It's you. It's what? really unbelievable. You? I was like, I was the first one dancing my ass off on the table. Like, <laughs> you couldn't keep me off the table. Do you? Well, we'll start with what we always start with, but mm. I have some questions about that. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. First question we always ask yeah. is, what is your definition of fulfillment? And what is your definition of success? And then are they at all correlated? Uh, I think they are absolutely correlated because without fulfillment, success is empty. And I would say that actually they have to go hand in hand. Um, and my definition is obviously very personal. 
I am at a point in my life, I'm going to be 51 end of April. You look so young. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I think about where I'm at in my life and I'm pretty fucking happy, you know, and I feel pretty fulfilled. And yeah, maybe on the outside for certain people's standards, you know, not necessarily like super successful, but I would say I make a fucking living doing energy healing. What? Yeah. Okay. So for me, that's pretty successful, but also I'm super fulfilled in doing this work right now. Yeah. I also think that you created your own career name. Like it wasn't even a thing. It wasn't, it wasn't a thing. And that must be really fulfilling too, that you've kind of took your magic and made it into a career that now people are calling themselves too. Well, and it was It's really funny because, you know, Jazz and I talk about this all the time. There are all kinds of Instagram healers and no shade to Instagram healers because there are people there who are doing amazing work. There are also a lot of people out there who, you know, could be using more time honing their craft and just experiencing life, right? But when I think about how I've gotten anywhere, I I kind of just opened myself up to the work. And, and let it move through me versus like, I had no freaking clue when I first started. I was like, mm, I'm going to be in fashion. Right. Mm, I, I'm going to work at a magazine. And I interned, started at magazines and um, gone to fashion. And then from there, you know, was an agent at a modeling agency, hence the party days that started early. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere along the way, you know, that was no longer fulfilling, right? It was literally like, I can't actually do this anymore because A, my body was breaking down constantly. I mean, when we talk about partying, like I partied my ass off, like to the point where like it was detrimental, right? And I'm, I'm shocked almost on the daily that I'm actually here and like, Really? Yeah. That intensely? Well, just because you do stupid shit. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to talk about drugs and alcohol and all those things. It's doing all of it. And you put yourself in precarious situations and you're like, wow, okay. There's How did I survive that? How did I survive? But also I'm I'm here for a reason, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, I know you had asked me in the little email you sent about like sharing something kind of personal and For me, it's just been such a revelation. If you guys are into astrology at all, I mean, I'm not like, you know, I know enough to just be in the energy of it, but I'm not like an astrologer per se. But this revelation I had a few years ago about 12th house. So 12th house is about the unseen realms. And for me, 12th house was always kind of this thing that weighed when I looked on my natal chart. I was like, oh. That's why I experienced all the stuff I experienced early on in my 20s, right? Like so much death. There was like just bad relationships, manipulation, just like twisted shit, right? And I'm like, okay, so that's that's showing up in the 12th house. And also this idea of suffering. But it's also old school definition of 12th house astrology. And it's like, no, really what it is. And I only read somewhere on Instagram, of course, I'm grateful for, um, (laughs) someone saying that, you know what, that's an old school definition of 12th house, that it is about death and loss and suffering. When, When really it's about 
shadow work. It's about transformation. It's about being able to go through that stuff and come through the other side and being able to speak to it and being able to help others through it as well. So now I recognize that that suffering, that loss, that all that stuff, you know, was here for me. So did you learn that post moving into this profession? Or was this something that you like retroactively are looking back at and you're like, oh, this all makes sense? That's a hard one. I mean, here's the thing. We, you know, in this kind of work, and this is what I love about you guys at your age, I, I keep looking back and I'm like, damn, they're so fucking conscious. They're so <laughs> here to do the work. Like for me in my 20s, that wasn't even a blip on the radar. Like it was just like, you know what? Where do I want to be? I want to be seen at Cipriani. I want to be at this. I want to be. There at is still so much of that. <laughs> yes. But there's also next yes. to it. Is like consciousness, consciousness, the consciousness revolution. I think also COVID really spearheaded that, like in a amplified it in a much larger way, accelerated whatever word you want to use, because people had so much time in stillness that they were like, "Oh my god, that's a pattern from my childhood," or like, "I need to work on this." And it's so beautiful. I agree. I think it's amazing that it's accessible, and I do like love you know indulging in some of the TikTok like but I wish I knew in my 20s. And like, if you are with this guy and he's treating you like this, don't do that, you know, whatever. However, I do think what does border on a little scary to me is there's some like frauds on, like what you were just saying. And I think that's kind of scary. I was talking to one of our guests yesterday about this like post recording because he's a TikToker. He's a TikToker. He's a comedian, very funny. And I was like, I actually think there's going to be a trend in like, not old, but like older generations moving to TikTok. Like I even think about my dad. I think he'd be incredible on TikTok. And I think about one of my close friends, Olivia. Her mom is like so wise. We're going to have her on the podcast. She's incredible. And I'm like, that's who we need to be learning from, right? Or like Mm -hmm. just people who've had a little more life experience so that there's a little more trust there. So it's like, while I'm excited that there's a consciousness revolution, I'm a little like, where are you getting your advice from? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have like the whole like woke generation that is just yeah. like, you know, creating so many, I don't know how to say it in a kosher manner, <laughs> but like there are a lot of things that as a society we've never discussed before. And all of a sudden they're like headlines of like, you know, issues that we're facing. So I think like there's there's a mix of both because on one hand, there's so much learning that we can get from this, let's say, Gen Z population. I feel like they're so bold and authentic and just willing to just be who they are, which I think is incredibly inspiring. Definitely. They don't kind of like subscribe to society, go to college, go do this. It's like, no, like I want to start this business. Like I'm going to go do that, yeah. which is incredibly inspiring. And then on the other side, right, you have like, you know, older, the older generation who have so much wisdom and so much life experiences that you can learn through. And then like, we're, I guess, like in the middle, right? Um, But it's really nice to have the juxtaposition of the two type of generations and like teaching you. And obviously you take what you want and you kind of put away the rest. And that's absolutely what it is. It's being inspired, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Like everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, wow, that's some freaking balls 
to like it is you know go do some of these things because like old school like old mindset is like well until I get like the 10 million certifications so true, yeah. for all these things and blah, 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 right? And that's attaching, you know, that value to that piece of paper. But there's something to be said about those certifications, right? That there are like dedicated number of hours that you have to commit and mm-hmm. right, things like that. So I, I think it's it's really we're at that point where it's nice to be able to have everything. You're right. I actually, I kind of, I'm second guessing what I said, because there is truth to that too, where it's like, I always actually resented when people would be like, well, I had a person in my life that I still admire and respect, but like, he was very like, well, you can't start a company until you do X. And I'd be like, why? People start companies when they're 15. Like we're not living in that world. And of course, some, some of the older generation thinks millennials are entitled because of that. But I think that's actually freeing because why do you need a certification? But then on the flip side, there are certain things where it's like, right. you need a certification. Yeah. Right? And you you hope that like when, if you end up in the emergency room, that those people have all their certifications yeah. and they've been doing their work. Yeah. But I also think something that's beautiful about the consciousness revolution or whatever you want to call it is that we're much more fluid, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't attach ourselves to things as much. I think there's a shift away from that. I think that if you were a doctor and you went to med school and then, you know, you decide you want to like now be a fashion designer, like it's like more accepted. It's still kind of like, but you went to school for this and like whatever. But like, I don't know, it seems like it's much more like commended and it seems like it's like a lot more people are evolving. Yeah. And like allowed to do that. Yeah. And I, I think that is a collective shift, right? That is a collective shift in consciousness that, you know, people are seeing more possibilities. Yeah. Right. Versus like having to make everything fit into that box. And I think not be constrained by the limitations of time. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this in previous podcasts. Like I've definitely talked about this with my parents and I do understand time and risk. Like my dad's like, I'm almost 70. I don't really want to take big financial risks right now to like do something crazy, even though it might do well, because ultimately I don't want to live an uncomfortable life. I don't want to move backwards. Right. And that's totally fair. However, on the flip side, like when my mom talks about being 60, I'm like, mom, Chris Jenner started like four companies at 60. Exactly. Just keep reinventing. Who cares? You know? So I think there's both, but I do think something that I've definitely struggled with, and I think many people do, is this idea of like, oh, but you spent all this time doing this, or you wasted time with that person. Mm-hmm. Or like you if you did- went to school for four years and then you decided to do a completely different career path. Yeah, or like, exactly, even with relationships, right? People I, are, I've I, been there. Where I, I was like, I, I'm 30. I was in this relationship for four years. Like, I should get married to this person for that reason. And it's like, no, no. Like, you don't need to be you, constrained by time. Because you also learned so much about yourself and through those experiences. And that's what it is, right? I don't think that anything is ever wasted. And I think I've said this to you a bazillion times mm-hmm. before, Jazz, that like <laughs> no experience, no relationship, no nothing. Because we had to go through that process to glean whatever information that yeah. we need. We needed to learn what we needed to learn right? Sometimes it's still unclear. But you know what? I trust for myself and for everyone else who's listening that even if you don't know it yet, 
at some point you will understand, right? Yeah, always. Always. Um, Kind of coming off of that, you've mentioned this to me before. We actually haven't like dove deep into this, but you've mentioned to me about like many times I've gone into Val being like, is he the one? I have to figure this out or like whatever that is. And I remember one time you saying something very profound about the one, following it up with a personal anecdote about your relationship. And you were like, things haven't always been easy, but I know this is right. And I I wanted to bring that up because it was so profound and really stuck with me. But I also want to learn more about that and like how you kind of came to that conclusion, even though things aren't easy and kind of think it lends itself to this idea of like nothing's ever a waste and like knowing that things have purpose and meaning, even if it's uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, this goes back to a fundamental truth for me, a core belief for me is that, um, so I have a few because that was in the email and that kind of sparked something. I'm like, ooh, this is so fun. I actually have core beliefs. Mm-hmm. What? Who am I? Oh, yeah. wait, I'm a 50-year-old woman. That's why I have <laughs> core beliefs now, right? That feel really grounded and really embodied. So A, everything is happening for us. Nothing is happening to us. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. The most like shittiest, intense challenges, the most painful heartbreak All of it is here for us. And we are constantly evolving because of that intensity, because of that pressure. You know, I just went through a a very intense period of of grief and mourning um, when my little boy cat passed. He was 14 and, you know, I don't have children, so he is my fur child, you know, and I've said this before, but I was like, oh my God. This is so intense right now because, of course, we we were doing hospice. We do more homeopathic, holistic care. And so that really, at one point, that required me dosing homeopathy-like remedies like every two hours. I wasn't sleeping. It was a whole, I was an emotional mess. But I knew then that as hard as it was, right, like that pressure is what creates a diamond. Like, I'm like, at the end of this, I'm going to be so fucking shiny and like clear Mm -hmm. because of what I'm going through, right? That doesn't mean you love it. (laughs) You don't love it. You don't love any of it. You don't love that pain, but you know on the other side of it. And always there is another side. Like you do get through it eventually, right? It just sometimes it takes longer or sometimes it... You know, it it does what it needs to do for you and always for you. And I think when we can, this is what I always share with clients is if you can have that as your like frame around that intensity, you know, if you can trust that, you're going to really gain that wisdom from it. So with your partner, is that how you feel? Oftentimes, yeah, because shit is hard. (laughs) Relationships are hard. And it's almost easier sometimes to be like, you know what? I'm out. Definitely easier. Right? But, okay, so that also, when do you know when it's time and and when do you know to keep going? You really have to do that work for yourself, right? That's really about learning to listen to yourself and learning to pay attention to what's happening in your body, to listen on all different types of levels so that you can actually discern. Because it's really about discernment at the end of the day. It's it's not like an easy formula and saying, okay, 
well, when things are super intense, am I supposed to stay because this is the work or am I staying because I'm afraid of leaving, right? It's it's really to kind of slowly unpack for yourself. But Discernment is hard. Yeah. I'm... Yeah, I think it's not and not even just in relationships. There's so many things where you're like, okay, is this is this struggle like part of my journey or is this something I need to like release? Do you have a lot of clients like talking about this theme with you? I mean, I think most people come to energy healing because they're like, I need to clear some stuff. I need to release it. And my thing is always like, listen. We may want to clear the thing. We may want to release, clear that shit out, right? But before you actually can fully do that, you need to honor where you've been. You need to honor those parts of it that were super painful or shitty or awful. You need to be able to recognize that some part of it was needed right? For you to be in this process, for you to be in this evolution of expansion and growth. So you really need to honor your path in order to then release the suffering that it may have caused. Is that what you're saying? I think, you know, people think of things in terms of so black and white, right? Like good energy and bad energy. That's like the favorite thing. People are like, can you clear out the bad stuff and put in good stuff. I'm like, mm, yeah, sure. No. Um, it's really about, you know, for me, it's always been energy is just energy, right? Yeah. There are intensities in life. There are challenges in life. There are really crazy things that happen. And again, until we can recognize that there was something in it that, you know, we learned, right, about ourselves until we can actually make peace with that. You can do all the clearing rituals you want. You can burn all the sage you want. It's not going to fucking clear it because there's a part of us that needs to kind of, in a way, make peace with it, right? Make peace and recognize that, like, this is all part of our journey, Mm -hmm. right? This is how we get from point A to point B, actually. Yeah, I really like what you said there because I think it's really important to know that even if the feeling is so intense and that nothing can seem positive in that moment, there happens to be always some sort of silver lining. You may not see it then at all. You know, I recently had, I guess, my first real experience with death and I feel privileged that it took, I guess, 30 years to to have that because I know a lot of people face it much earlier on. But I had someone close to me die tragically. And it was the first time I came to face death at all. And in those like moments, it was like, how can anything be positive? Like stop preaching, like, you know, everything mm-hmm. happens for a reason and like mm-hmm. things like this. But, you know, now that, you know, I've had therapy and, and a lot of like inner work I've done on myself, I think like, Obviously, it's still horrible and tragic, and I miss him every day, but there are so many silver linings that I learned from it and and how close my family is now. Like, just there's just so many things that I guess you learn about yourself and you uncover about yourself. And then with that also unleashes like other things inside of you that need to come up, right? And then it's like, 
you know, it's like a pattern of healing. So, and yesterday we actually had a rape victim on the podcast and it's such a horrible experience. And she even said herself, she was just like, if that didn't happen, you know, like there's no way I would be where I am today. Like I learned so much from that experience about the patterns that I had that, you know, like helped this situation occur. Yeah. And then also like all the kind of positive that that she took from it. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I think um, these type of experiences, no matter how challenging they are, like there's usually some tidbit of silver lining. It's just having the attitude, like you said, like life is happening for me. Like, how can you find it? Yeah. I mean, I think also, I mean, obviously, you know, with awful things like rape and, you know, other things, it's, it's almost, I can see how it's offensive for someone to say, well, everything's happening for you. Totally. And so, you know, I've recognized that that's, you know, we, we're not going to say that so lightly to, to like, you know, parents whose children have tragically died. I mean, that's, again, it's, it's discernment. It's reading the room. It's feeling into the energy, but also underneath all of it. I mean, there's always wisdom. There's always there's always wisdom if you want to find it. Yeah. If you want and to I, find I, it. I think it's it's essentially it comes down to forgiveness. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what this woman, Kimia, said. She's a friend of mine. She came on yesterday and she was so well spoken. And she one of the things she said was, I have to find meaning in grief mm-hmm. and in hardship. Mm-hmm. And I actually do that too. Maybe not as positively, but like I think everything's a teaching moment. For better or for worse. Sometimes it sucks the fun out of life. Yeah, but it's okay (laughs) because you're learning a shit ton of stuff. (laughs) Totally. But there is, I realized that recently, I don't even think I knew until I was probably 28. I remember my friend Nina, who is incredibly just so compassionate and like good at like seeing people and validating people. She's incredible. And it comes so naturally to her. And I remember actually her kind of being the one through example, teaching me, she's like, our friend was going through something. She's like, just let her feel sorry for herself for a little. She'll come out of this. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) that's a part of this. Well, Jazz, you bring up a good point that I think it's like to know also that things are temporary, like the intensity of the feeling, the, you know, day-to-day chaos or whatever you're really going through, big or small. There is this sort of like, everything, everything's temporary. We we put so much permanence to everything. Yeah. But like, you know, I worry about things. And then like two days later, it's like, I completely forgot. But at the time it was making me not sleep at night. Right. So it's just like, no matter how small or how big these feelings kind of like persist. Mm -hmm. Or I mean, what is the opposite of persist? Remembering that everything is temporary is actually one of the best like pieces of advice I think you can give to someone is like, this will pass. Mm -hmm. This will pass. And in the meantime, you have a trigger, right? You have a trigger to use for yourself, right? When we get triggered, that is an opportunity to look at what's really going on. Is it really that surface thing? Or is there something underneath that? And more often than not, it's a ton of stuff that's underneath that. Right. It, it's just it's like our system is using that as a, a way in mm-hmm. to do deeper work. 
there's always work to be done, which is what makes this human being so fucking fascinating, right? Like sometimes I forget because I'm working with clients and they're deep in their shit. And I'm like, but when you step back, look at how fucking amazing it is. And they're like, all right, Val, I'm not there yet. But yeah. But eventually when you get there, you look back and you're like, wow. You were the one that actually taught me about table theory, mm. where you have like a story or an unconscious belief and that's your the top it's of the table. Your, yeah, your, it's your limiting belief. And you go through life looking for legs to support that theory. And I'm reading with this coach I'm seeing, she assigns you to read A New Earth by mm-hmm. Eckhart Tolle. And, mm-hmm. and really the pain body is that. It's like this deep, 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 deep one feeling you have. So mine is like, I'm not worthy unless I'm approved of externally. And then there's like all, you just go through life looking for ways to support it because it's almost more comfortable. And that's a lot of what Untethered Soul and Reiki is, right? Is moving through that energy, like moving that energy. How do you help clients like surface some of those subconscious patterns that are underneath all the triggers? So a big part of the work that I do with clients is just creating space to talk about things, right? So oftentimes people come in and they like, they're super hyper-focused on the one event, situation, issue, whatever it is. And oftentimes as we talk. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Other things open up. And sometimes things open up in the body, right? When we stop talking and we make contact, whether on the body or off the body, things might start opening up as well. And it's about, first and foremost, it's my intention that I create that space where, you know, someone's nervous system feels safe. So you can come in and swear that you are ready to do the work because you are sick of whatever pattern, whatever it is, and you're ready to make a big shift. And I'm like, that's amazing and that's great, but we also need to get your nervous system on board, right? And so oftentimes when I'm making contact, right, with the body and I'm tuning in and it's just like, oh, all right, You may be, you like in your mind, you are ready to do this work, but your nervous system's like, I'm all right, I'm fine. I got it, right? Because it's how we've operated for so long. It's how we've survived. 
And so it's really about going at a pace that, you know, the system is ready to open up. It takes time. This work can be subtle. Oftentimes, you know, it's just, it's subtle. And, you know, my my partner, Francis, he said to me, there's no sense of urgency with you. <laughs> like, that wasn't always the case, right? In my 20s. When you were an agent? <laughs> I was, I was a fucking asshole. And I was like, always trying to control everything. And that tension led to that sense of urgency. Like, everything was something. Like, we Everything was important. Everything's important. You know what? Nothing's important, actually. You know what? In the business that I was in, not... I'm not a brain surgeon. I'm like casting models for photo shoots and like putting a photo shoot together. Yeah, it costs a shit ton of money, but not, it's not like, the end of the world. It's not the end of the world, right? It's so funny because I actually remember, I think it was like the second time I saw you. I was like, okay, so when should I see you next? Because I was also very that, like very type A. And she was like, when I, you'll feel called to do it and you'll reach out, don't worry. And I was like, well, what if you book, you know, I like was so anxious about it and she just so no urgency. And still through like not forcing and more being in flow, you've created this insane, you know, resume and like incredible, you're doing international retreats. Like it's incredible. Yeah. I have a lot of questions and like just comments around this like sense of urgency. Cause I think by nature, living in New York, you kind of, Absolutely. right, you go into this rat race For of sure. like, go, 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 constantly, like five events a night, like Four everyone's doing it. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. everyone's doing it around you. So you're like, great, me too. Right. You don't yeah. want to be like FOMO left yeah. behind. Yeah. And you end up by, at least for me, I think you kind of put away your authentic self a little bit and you kind of like, go on to the rat race because if if you slow down then you'll you gotta get run over right so for me when I moved to LA I was finally able to like kind of veer back towards like equilibrium a little bit I don't think I'm there yet but again the type a mentality comes a lot from New York too it's like get the job start the company find the husband all of those things and I always felt my whole life that I have to do and force in order to become successful in the ways that I wanted to be. So whether that was like making sure I followed up constantly with someone or whether that was like making sure I had hard goals for myself that I needed to hit, everything felt very forced. And it wasn't until the summer that I really leaned into flow versus force and letting go because like the other way wasn't working for me. It was creating so much anxiety in my life. And the most amazing things happen, right? Including pregnancy. And including just getting pregnant, like just we weren't trying. And that was something also that I felt that was going to have to be forced because every gynecologist told me my whole life it was going to be really hard to get pregnant for me because of X, Y, Z and, you know, all of these things. So I had this belief system in my head. And when I found out I was pregnant and then we also like a week later got a house, which was also not on our radar. I, I just took a second to be like, holy shit, this whole idea of like flow and not force and surrendering actually really works. Like, why don't I try to lean into that in my, you know, career life as well? And this podcast too, like came out of pure flow. Like Jasmine and I were talking about how unfulfilled we were and like, here we are today, right? That is pure flow that wasn't forced. So 
I don't know. I just would love to hear more about your thoughts around like flowing and surrendering and like releasing control and how that actually ultimately gets you further than the force. And before you you go on, because I know you know a lot about this and I actually want to add to this question. I actually texted you the other day and I was like, what are some good books on being in your feminine? Because that is being in your feminine. Yes. There's, mm-hmm. We all have masculine and feminine. And that's something that came up a lot in my re- romantic relationship is like this idea of like control. And I am reading one of the books you recommended and it talks about how some a woman with a masculine shield is the type of woman that thinks she has to do something or be something or like go out and get her man and like hunt. And I was like, wow, like our culture is because we're promoting women a lot, um, not just in the workforce, but in general, like advocating for women, which is great. We are also kind of adding this more masculine type A controlling forceful energy, which isn't inherent to us, nor does it really work all the time. So to add to that, I'd love to hear about like your, the masculine feminine stuff. Lots of questions. Lots of questions. (laughs) Um, I think first and foremost, allowing life to open up for us is way more interesting than following a set path, right? Like, okay, there are plenty of people who, you know, need their set path and their goals and all those things. And and I think it's important to tune into what your desires are and how you want to feel. But it's it's really about creating space for life to happen, right? Versus like we can muscle through everything and anything. Like, you know what? I'm going to get into this school and I'm going to get this degree. And then here are the five places that I would like to work. <sighs> and these are the five types of, you know, houses that I want to live in, in the two cities and blah, blah, blah. Like I used to totally be like, I had to be on that track. Right. And, and then I started getting knocked off of it like a whole lot and, and going through that process being knocked off. I felt like a fuck up. I felt like, oh, I'm nowhere where I want to be. Like, oh, how did I get here? This sucks. Right. And then somewhere along the way, I was like, it's okay. Maybe this is more fun. Maybe this is more interesting. Maybe let life open up and surprise you, right? Let the universe bring you the things when you start doing that internal work for yourself. Like in my late 20s, I don't think we were really talking about like internal work. There was none of that going on. There was just like, I think I, I, I think, <laughs> I, think I think self-help was like around. Taboo probably. It was, no, it was around and I feel like it was, but it was like the, the self-help section, like in the bookstore was probably like 10 books, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's been, I don't know how I made that shift actually looking back, but at some point I stopped. Oh, actually, I do know. I was a photo producer, so I controlled the shit out of everything. I micromanaged everything to the point where, like, it wasn't even fun anymore. Like, you know, we would go to dinner and I would, like, start thinking about where people needed to sit and, like, where the waiter was going to come in to serve the food and, like, do we want to set up? And Francis would be like, stop. 
stop producing this dinner. And I was like, oh, shit. I tell the story all the time. And it was literally my photo shoot from hell that like really made me so miserable. Like, and everything that could go wrong absolutely went wrong on that shoot. And it was 2011. We were shooting in Arizona and we were shooting like Maria Sharapova and I think Lewis Hamilton. And it was this like this shoot where the photographer did not want me as the producer Right. And the company was like, no, but we want Val. And I was like, no, please give the photographer whoever he wants because he's not, he's going to hate everything that I do. And they were like, no, no, we're going to like, we want you. And so immediately that started that like everything was going wrong. And it was just one thing after the other. And I still remember the day of that shoot. I was like, you know what? This sucks. Maybe I won't show up. Maybe I won't. I don't want to get up. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to show up for the shoot. But of course I did. I did. And it was fine. And of course, everything worked out. And we were in Arizona. And I must have known that it was going to be really shitty because I had booked a trip to Sedona right after. And it was during my time in Sedona when I had time to unwind. And that's when I was like, I think this is it still took me a while, right? From 2011 to probably 2014, 2015 before I like... Oh, it's a few years. It was a few years, you know, because you're like, well, this is how I made my career. What am I going to do? What? I'm going to teach yoga. Right. Right. And so that comes... Making fun of that. And, like, but that comes into, again, like a, a belief that we carry, right? And so, you know, there's always that saying that like we are co-creating our reality and I still remember, you know, when I was like, okay, I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to stop doing castings and stop doing production and actually do healing work. And Francis was like, you work for yourself. You could do both. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I could do both. But it no longer felt in alignment. And I recognized that to step into, you know, the work that I, I really want to do, alignment is everything, right? It's alignment. People feel your energy, mm -hmm. right? When you meet someone, you get a vibe. You're like, mm, I don't know what's off, but there's something off there. I'm going to say that it's probably some kind of alignment, right? Or authenticity issue, whatever it is. I knew that first and foremost, my foray into this work fully as a professional was to get my shit into alignment. And when we talk about alignment, it's not like having your shit together all the time. My shit's always falling apart. And then we get to put it back together again and we get to delve in and look at the work and we get to appreciate that, you know, this is such a gift to be able to do internal work. And I say to everyone, and if you're listening, you are probably in a place of privilege, right? Like Definitely. we are all in a place of privilege, at least here. And if you are in that place, it is your absolute duty to do this work, this internal work for yourself, but actually also for the collective, because there are people living hand to mouth who don't have fucking time or the resources to explore any of this inner work, right? And it's like, we need to do it on a collective level. 
Absolutely. I completely agree. I have a more technical question off of that. Wait, yeah. can we go to the feminine masculine thing for yes. Jasmine's okay. first? Yes. And yeah. then I'll have and then I'll ask my other question. Yeah, because I think a lot of what you're saying is like even what your husband said to you when you said you were gonna quit, like you could do both. It's like that's the masculine, right? Yeah. Practical. Yeah. And then you were like, No, I wanna be in alignment and I'm in my feminine. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things that most of my circle struggles with is like we're so in our masculine all the time. And we've spent like most of our adult lives as women being in our masculine. Well, and we've had to. I mean, there is a level of, of like course. compassion. We live in a patriarchy. Of like, course. When I like, you know, when my friend sends me a TikTok that's like, by the way, your iPhone, if you double click, it, an alarm goes off in case anything happens. It's like, that's amazing. But that's, that's something for women. Because mm-hmm. like, we do have to be on guard often. Like that's, you know, that string of tweets when someone said, what would you do if men didn't exist? And all these women were like, walk through a park alone at night. Like, just really sad, basic things. And I don't mean, I'm not like anti-men in any way. I actually think men need help. But I do think that there is a level of like, we all exist in our masculine because in a way we've had to, to survive. Especially like, I think about my parents' generation. My mom is obviously Iranian. Like that just as a whole. Yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts on like the feminine, masculine, maybe even like, elaborate like what does that truly mean because I think sometimes people think like feminine is like just the feminine qualities but there's a lot more to like being in your feminine than just like and sometimes men have to also yeah well and tap into that but I think we need both right yeah we're not like in terms of energy there's always both both exists within us and it's like yin and yang you can't have one without the other right I think what's happened, especially, you know, if you're in a city like New York, you only know, like, as a woman to be in that masculine and (laughs) our nervous systems are jacked up from it, but also men's nervous systems are jacked up from it. Everyone in New York, (laughs) our nervous systems are jacked up, sense of urgency, everything's like needed now and right, that, that hyper, like, alert, like, kind of energy doesn't lend itself to to flow right if we want to come back to that and many years ago a healer that i knew i can't remember she had some kind of event and it was really the first time that you know i heard someone speak to obviously you know there are books and books and books and so many writings on divine feminine but it was something that I didn't let myself touch. Like, I didn't. I was like, ew, what? I don't use that kind of language. That's right. I couldn't even bring myself to use that kind of language because somehow it made it, I don't know, made me too hippy-dippy, made me too new age. I don't know what it was, but it was obviously this kind of very hard, resistant, like energy within myself. And until I, you know, got my own um, space. You know, I signed a commercial lease many years ago and I actually allowed myself to have pink pillows, which I know it's crazy now to think back on it, but like back then I was like, I didn't allow myself to like pink because pink was too soft, but I always loved pink, but I didn't let myself like it. Such a strange concept, right? Because we, we exist in this place where 
we need to really kind of, you know, advocate for ourselves, but also defend ourselves. And, and so after a while, we forget how to lean in and allow, right? And every human being will benefit from having an equal balance of masculine energy and feminine energy, right? Feminine energy is really just the divine feminine energy is allowing. It's receptivity. It's allowing ourselves to receive. And so, you know, it was years ago when I heard this concept, but it was like when you have like, you know, the egg in the reproductive cycle, the egg is not running around looking for the sperm. It's just there. Right? <laughs> it's just being. It's just being. It's not doing. It's just like when the right one comes along, it will make connection. And that's powerful. That is powerful. And I think if all of us as human beings allowed more, like allowed ourselves to receive more, allowed ourselves to open that channel of receptivity, I mean, what are we denying ourselves when we like shut things down, right? When we when we try to control all the outcomes, when we try to control life, it's like, actually, you know what? I'm going to invite you right now to take a gentle breath in and out and sit back. It's really difficult for me to do that, let alone, I think, the men in my life. Yeah. It's very difficult. Even like being very pregnant now, like taking a step back from my very active lifestyle and just mm-hmm. sitting on the couch and resting and stuff. That's very hard for me. Yeah. My husband would be like, I think you need to like sit and rest and be like, no, like I have to go do this, this, and this. And it's, but it's like, no, I don't. Like, why can't I just... And I, I think that also comes from this culture of doing, right? This culture of being productive yeah. and efficient. Like, I used to fucking pride myself on being <laughs> the most efficient. Like, I would... I mean, it was crazy. I, I also, at some point, would get infuriated with people who weren't efficient and be like, oh yes. my God. But this is what I wanted to ask earlier is, this is a very technical question. And you both know about this experience, but this idea of surrendering, I think what's difficult for me or I've been challenged with is like surrendering when you feel like things are going to fall apart. And this is a very specific example, but transparently I had really bad OCD, which I don't know if like we were ever as close when I had really bad OCD, but I definitely know that you've experienced, I came to you because I had like that anxious twitch. Mm-hmm crazy things. But I microdosed mushrooms on and off for a year and a half for my OCD. And it was the only thing that helped. I was on Lexapro as a kid for a very short amount of time. My parents pulled me off of it for obvious reasons and thank God. But um, And I'm not anti-SSRI, but just at that age, it felt young for me personally. But it was the first time in my life I experienced relief from obsessive thinking and from kind of that type A controlling side of me. It still manifests in different ways, but not as bad. I couldn't be present. You know, it was so difficult. But what's so crazy is on the flip side, my OCD was a part of why I was successful and productive. And all of a sudden, I'm like starting a podcast with Annabelle and she's like, did you remember to do this? And I'm like, no. And I I think there was multiple reasons why I was maybe stalling. I think a lot of it was being scared of being vulnerable, but I also like had lost my ability to be super on top of it because my OCD in a 
way like was protecting me and serving me, Mm -hmm. even though it was harming me from other great things. So I think from a very technical perspective, it's sort of like, how do you know? Like, I think that's what I struggle with. And even in general, like someone might argue, you know, yeah, I want to surrender and be in flow and let them not follow up all the time and let things come to me. But I also need to put food on the table. You know, like, how do you strike that balance of like flow and being proactive? So discernment, right? We come back to really getting good at knowing yourself and really being embodied and in your energy so that you can discern. So I have always said this to you, Jazz, it's not like flow and surrender. Is it like, okay, I'm just going to go lay on the couch now and wait for the universe (laughs) to bring me everything I want because it doesn't happen like that, right? It does require action. It does require some of that masculine energy. We need both, right? There is a happy balance between, you know, taking action and then stepping back and allowing you know, the things to open up and play out and not having to micromanage every single aspect of it. And I think we get into it where we think, okay, well, if I, you know, stay on top of it, if I stay on top of it, I'm going to like get the outcome I want, right? And then when we don't get the outcome we want, then we're disappointed and then we make ourselves failures because we didn't get the outcome that we wanted versus, oh, actually, Thank you, universe, for not allowing this to happen because something bigger was opening up, right? I don't know. I yeah, always, so there's a sense of trust there too. There is a sense of trust. Trusting and faith in the universe. And that's what it is. Because if you don't power. have trust, you can't. You can't. You, you can't, can't be playful. You can't surrender. You can't relax, like, which it's difficult to do. It is difficult to do. And I, I would say that, you know, trust, you know, like any relationship, right? Trust is that relationship with you and the universe. It takes time to cultivate, right? You've got to lean in. You've got to want to yeah, explore it, right? And when you start to do that, then things start opening up more and more. And then you begin to go, something's happening here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I guess it's also moving from, we talked about this earlier, from gut. So like follow up if that feels right, but don't follow up because you're trying to control something that's out of your control. Yeah. And I think it it's really about learning to also tune into your body, right? So we have this body for a reason, right? So we were meant to listen. And to feel. And to feel, right? And to to feel into it. And of course, we develop things like OCD as a protective mechanism somewhere along the way in our lives. And we don't want to be so quick to like trash it, be like, ah, fucking OCD, (laughs) right? Because it it got you, you know? Yeah, it did get, it it was a crazy thing to be like relieved from it, but then also like- Scary too. Scary, I was like, oh, I can't rely on myself to remember things where before I'd have like 10 checklists. Mm. Like, man, it's a little manic. It's a little manic. It's a little manic. But I would never not get something done. I could trust myself with that. Yeah. And I I would say that letting go of that is helping you to shift into a new way of being. Yeah. That feels scary. That feels uncertain. That, yeah, some of these things fall to the wayside. Yeah. New habits. Oh, I love all of this conversation. I know. 
Okay, so we wrap every episode by asking you a question. Mm. What's your point? Mm. What's my point? What's your why? What's my why? Um, My why is to help others remember, and it really is about remembering, that there is magic and possibility in every single moment. That's so beautiful. I don't even want to speak after that. That was so profound. And honestly, not to make this about Annabelle and I are obviously our ex-New Yorkers and like love the city right now because it's better weather-ish. And it's like, that is kind of how I feel about New York. Mm. There's just so much magic and possibility. Mm. And spontaneity. But it's, but but it's, it's everywhere. But it's everywhere, yeah. right? Because it's was, also in our, inside ourselves. Like yeah. we have to stop leading or gravitating to external things. It's like... And that's what it is. So much possibility in our attitude to these experiences. Around. I mean, every single cell in your body is listening. And so what do you want to broadcast, right? Wow. Thank amazing. you so much, Thank Valerie. You so that much. was, was amazing. so fun, you guys. Right? Anyone so in New York City or Zoom, Valerie yeah. Ola, Modern Ritual NYC. She's the best. Right. I mean, hard to get in with, but <laughs> <laughs> drop what's the point. <laughs> I love it. Reference. I love it. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.